0: How's it, how's it, how's it, everybody? And here we are. Oh, here I am. Here we are in the now and we're doing this thing called life. And it's a trip. It's it's an adventure. And today actually happens to be the day of the full moon. So using that symbolism, we're going to illuminate together like what on earth the thing called life is. uh, Map it out together and it's the round table. We're going to bring out different topics. You guys are welcome to hop on into the live stream by clicking that link. Uh, you can come and go as you please. And there's no obligation to stay or anything like that. But it's fun. You know, we're able to transcend space and time through the Internet now. So that's exactly what we're doing. So I, I tell you what, let's get this party started. Now. Come on in, guys. Come on in.
1: As it's land rainbow
0: inspiration for transformation okay. transformation. Okay, okay, Barry, I'm mad impressed, dude. How on earth did you get lenses like that?
1: This was a gift from my father two Christmases ago, and I didn't know what to do with it at the time, but on Valentine's Day this year, I went to a rave, and I wore them for the first time, and I can make them have hearts, you know, and all kinds of lovely messages. So I kept changing it throughout the rave, depending on how I felt.
0: That's brilliant. That is so brilliant, man. We need to get many more of those. We're communicating messages with our eyes and with our lenses all the time.
1: Well, think about it, Josh. You could make money. People could pay you to advertise their message.
0: Um, I will opt in for that. Thank you very much. I will opt in for uh, anything. Obviously, it. as long as you approve of the message. I, I program the message as we program exactly. Reality. And that's what we're all doing here today. This is so cool to have you guys here. Welcome, Sandra. Welcome, and Tom Kelly, and the lovely Brianna Roberts and AZRW. This is fun, guys. Thank you for pulling in. How's everybody doing today?
1: They don't have. Uh, they have mute. They're
0: muted. No, but they're communicating with their eyes, dude. you just. Their gotta... oh. there, there. We got the wave. Oh, communicating with. Lenses as well, points, gestures, symbolic mannerisms. I like that. Hey all!
2: Happy Saturday!
0: Hi, Brianna. (laughs)
1: You're at the park? Are you? Yeah. With with the girls? Are you at the park with the Uh, girls?
2: Yep, we are. No kids, so I don't have to like blur out any faces. Um, Yeah, they're back there somewhere. I hear them. They're good.
0: Yes, they are so good. They're going to be even better than we are because the next generation is going to inherit a world better than the one that we have. That's, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going to believe. And so I would love to launch this party, you guys. I, what we're going to do today is we are the Knights of the Round Table, are we not? Mm-hmm. Just in a different era. And so here we're going to share a little bit of, about the format that the Knights could take today. And the Knights can take whatever format they want. But.
1: Well, before you do that, Josh. Yeah. I just, I wanted to compliment you on the intro video. The, the music was really good, especially the bass. There was a lot of bass and I could hear it pounding and I loved it because lions, when I imagine a lion talking, it's a very deep bass driven voice, you know? Oh.
0: <laughs> it resonates on the deepest level is what it does. It shakes you to your core is what it does. It's- <laughs> and thanks, Matt. I, I, I dig that. I dig the video too. It, kind of, it shows us that we're part of this thing that is moving and that's been going on both in person and online. Um, so let us sh- open the curtains and PSB on the veil and what on earth are we going to do today? Well, we are going to set the stage. Set the stage for what, you may ask? Going to set the stage for Jolly well Magic? Or how, how are we going to do that? I, I'll tell you how we're going to do that. We're going to create a safe space the place where we can all just be authentic and be ourselves and the point is to grow together not to prove ourselves right and most of us are broken and don't have it figured out and we want to get closer and closer to the truth together so let's respect each other's perspectives and hearts in this safe space we are going to create synergy here today where uno plus uno equals tres one plus one is three more Uh than the sum of its parts yes We need all the frequencies of thought and personality to make the purity of the white light. Mm -hmm. So we're going to share the mic. We're going to give other frequencies a chance to speak. And we're all passionate about these things um, so we can be enriched by the perspectives of others. And we're going to have solidarity, the third is, uh, because we are on the same mission here today. And we are trying to stick together because together we can reconstruct the future. I do believe that. And so now the format that we're going to do today, I kind of like the structure that we had last time, guys. We took a vote last time as to what kind of structure level we were going to have. And so today, each of your faces is one of those colorful Zoom squares, your know, colorful individuals. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go around the circle today and we're going to quickly say our name, our origin, where we come from, and then the topic title just briefly that so you'd like to bring up for discussion today, which is going to be cool. We'll go counterclockwise around the zoom circle of <laughs> culture and then after that i got y'all a little random generator which is going to randomly pick the topics and we'll go one by one cool. and at that point we'll whoever's topic it is we'll speak on that topic and introduce the topic for up to say five minutes or so and then open it up to group wisdom and we'll have everyone share their perspectives on the topic if they want. And if you guys want to pass during any of these stages, you're welcome to. And so that is the agenda, although there is literally no agenda. So that's what we're going to do. And if you don't mind, I'll just kick us off. What be up everybody? Josh. Joshua. (laughs) Yeah. Hey dude, it's good to have you here, Brett. Um, So I am, my origins, well, born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa, now living in sunny San Diego, California although I think I have Irish, English, and German roots. And so the topic I would like to talk to you guys about today is metamorphosis. So my topic is metamorphosis. Let's go counterclockwise. How about you, Barry?
1: Well, um, I'm Barry. Um, uh, I'm raised in, in Southern California, and that's where I currently live. But I have traveled around the world and around the United States, so... I like to bring that perspective back to Southern California. Um, I have two topics, but I would like Josh to choose one. Oh, yeah, I got the power. Go on. Because I think they're both they're both equally important to me in different ways, but I'm curious which one he would rather know more about. What's all right? I
0: said two topics?
1: Okay. The first topic is um, I've been studying the stock market my entire life, I know people on Wall Street. I know everything, the ins and outs. And if he wants, I can explain how the US, now I'm not talking South Africa, I'm not talking Tokyo. I'm talking about how the US stock market works. I can explain it to him in a very simple way that will hopefully help him. Secondly, my topic, my other topic is I'm wearing a, a Star Trek shirt and I've got a stormtrooper here They exist in the same universe, and I can explain to you how they mesh together so that if you're a fan of one, you're really a fan of both. And if you're not a fan of either, you should be.
0: So Star Trek and Stormtrooper?
1: No, Star Wars.
0: Star Wars.
1: Yeah, the Stormtrooper is from Star Wars. I'm wearing a Star Trek shirt. They're two separate universes in the science fiction community and I would like to bridge the gap so people understand how they fit together.
0: See, I like that because it's a kind of a metaphor for how all language and all cultural constructs are actually describing the same thing, just in different ways. I happen to know that Brett Sadler is going to be talking about capitalism, the stock market and getting rich. So Barry, I'm going to go with option number dos and I'll oh. pick the Star Star Wars, Star Trek. Thanks, man, because that's fascinating and uh, Thank you for bringing up the variety of topics and letting me make the choice. I feel very powerful. So well, I, I, know, I know you've
1: been talking about the stock market a lot lately, and, and we can have that conversation another time in another venue.
0: If you figured out the stock market, please send me a private message and explain it to me, or let's talk about that. Well, that it's not about so writing.
1: It's a, it's a conversation. Yes. And Such then I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation with you publicly or privately. I don't care.
0: Thanks, man. And maybe when Brett brings up his topic, you could just contribute a little bit about what you think about that kind of financial angle that he takes. Okay. Okay, sweet. And we're going to go on to you, Bri. Hello there, Bri. And what's your name? What, where do you come from? And do you have a topic for us today?
2: Is there only one Bri? (laughs)
0: And uh, well, there's multiple, green, <laughs> there's multiple sides of it. Three. What, what this day is of
1: literally the week. What, what day of the week is it? Not
0: today.
2: Oh my gosh. Now. My <laughs> life consists, I'm nonstop, always moving, trying to, you know, multitask. So my apologies. I had no idea I would even be speaking. <laughs> um, so- You can always pause, topic... you guys can always
0: pause if you want. Oh, cool, cool. Can you skip me and then I'll I'll think about it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll skip you, but we won't forget about you. And then you oh, can think about it, and we'll <laughs> think about you. Done Okay, cool. Let's go on to you, Tom Kelly. Welcome, dude. What's your name? Where do you come from? And do you have a topic you'd like to discuss today?
3: Right. Um, can you hear me, Josh? Indeed. Good. Uh, Tom Kelly. I was born and raised in Ireland, and in San Diego, spent about eleven years. The topic uh, would be, I guess, are we all men and? In- Women, are we all equal in some way? And um, if we are, could we figure out what that might be?
0: That'd oh, be that's good. That's, that's a great amazing. topic. Cool. Thanks, Thank Tom. Start about Tom, that.
1: Wait, Thomas. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you introduce yourself, like where you're from and everything?
3: Yep. Yeah, I'm from Ireland.
1: Ireland. What part specifically? Do you mind by us? Um,
3: not all. I was born in Tipperary, grew up in Cork, and I worked 25 years in Donegal in the northwest.
0: Northwest. Okay. I almost got a job in Donegal. But then they kicked me out of the country because I didn't have a, a working visa. But Donegal <laughs> sounds pretty cool. man. I was down to go there. I was in Dublin at the time. Uh, good to have you here, Tom. How about you, Brett? What? Well, I mean, I say your name, but you might as well introduce us to yourself. Where do you come from? And do you have a topic for us today?
4: Hi. Yes. Can you hear me? Can
0: yes, you can. hear me? And, and, and people on Facebook can't see you, though. If your guys' cameras are turned off, they don't know that you're there. But go ahead, Brett.
4: Oh. Hi. I'm Brett Sadler. I'm from... San Diego, California, born in Claremont, actually, and um, I moved away from San Diego a few years ago, and I'm currently living in the San Bernardino Mountains and love loving, loving nature, love, 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 love nature, and I just couldn't be happier in nature. Um, I am going to talk a little bit about uh, capital markets and capital market outlook. Um, Because it's fresh on my mind. And and not only that, because the stock market seems to be a popular topic with people. (laughs) So that's good. So that's why I want to contribute a market outlook on the domestic uh, markets and the international markets briefly. And I wanted to talk about life changing events and how people who are idolized, people are idolized, and we seem to think they have everything. And even if they've made a billion dollars and they seem to be the picture of success, how that can be reduced in a matter of seconds. And it's a good perspective on what really matters. Is it a billion dollars that matters or is it your health? It's, 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 it's a good glimpse I want to take. Is it your health that you'd rather have or, you know what, I'll trade all that for a billion bucks.
0: Uh, um,
4: I, would t- I, would, I would take my health over a billion dollars any day of the week and just wanted to know what everybody else thinks.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna write that topic down as what really matters. And I think that's absolutely fascinating and stoked that you bring it up. Thanks for being here, Brett. And we've got- We've got the Grateful Ted. Hello there, Grateful Ted. We're We're glad that you're here. And we would like to know where on earth you come from. And we would like to know if you have a topic for us today.
5: Excellent, excellent. Well, welcome guys. My name's Ted. I am indeed grateful. Um, My father was from India and my mother is uh, from upstate New York, and so um, I was born in Indianapolis. So I call myself the uh, Protestant Hindu from Indianapolis. Um, It was confusing for uh, mostly for them there in Indianapolis, not so much for me. Um, And then um, I moved to Phoenix, and I've been out in San Diego for quite some time now, over 30 years, Um, came out here when I was 17 and found the sun and never left. So um, I like to kind of travel from here, um, and I don't really have a topic for today. I got to get going to, a, uh, to a, a job I have here on the weekends, but I uh, just wanted to listen to your guys' perspective and um, appreciate you guys and the, and the whole community.
0: Well, we're grateful for you, Ted. We're so grateful for you, dude. And um, yeah, you guys are welcome to hop in and out whenever you guys want. So so stoked that you're here, grateful, Ted. And what about Sandra? Hello there, Sandra. Oh, Where are ready? you from? And do you have a topic for us today?
6: Yeah, I'm from, uh, well, I was raised in Tucson, Arizona,
0: and I'm still a Tucson girl at heart.
6: Uh, The topic I want to discuss is inclusion and exclusion from different groups, from activities, um, and how it makes us feel, and how we can deal with those feelings. I wanted to get some perspectives from you guys on
0: that. Love that. Inclusion versus exclusion. Cool. So I'm going to go have a random topic generated. I'm going to Put them all in there and we, we're going to see which topic gets included first, and none of them are cool. going to get excluded. So, awesome that you're here, Sandra Stoked. And we yeah, have I'm
2: glad to be here. Yes, and Sandra.
0: <laughs> exactly. You're a magical creature in yourself, and your rainbow exists outside of my door uh, as we speak. So, you have infused I'm my life with the rainbow everywhere where I go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk about butterflies in my metamorphosis section. Start. Yeah. Um, yeah. cool and then we have Susan which I know that you go by Sam as well welcome Susan slash Sam how would you like to be referred to and where are you from and do you have a topic for us today no <laughs> <laughs> that is beautifully decisive Sam I'm here to listen and observe and be with you well that is wisdom in that we have two ears to l- listen double as much as we speak uh, so awesome you. to have you here, Sam.
1: Thank That's
0: you. Part of the San Diego community. And we have Yasmin. Hello there, Yasmin.
7: Hey. So, yeah. Hello. I'm so excited. Sorry. I, I didn't forget I wanted it to be in since 11 11, but my kids were all over, and I was like, no, I got to join. I got to join. So, yeah. So I'm so excited to be here. And I am born and raised in Guadalajara, Mexico. I moved to San Diego when I finished my degree and um, to be a teacher for elementary school. And then I I was gonna do teacher, but then I decided to be a waitress for like 14 years. And then the past seven years, it's been mental health field where, where the destiny brought me to.
0: Well, I think destiny does bring us places. And these so-called random events, uh, maybe there's some meaning to those. So that's awesome, Yasmin. And do you have a topic that you'd like to bring up to the group today for the group discussion or you can pass if you want?
7: Well, I don't have an specific topic. If anything, it will be just like to remain hopeful in this uncertain times. And you know how can we bring hope and positivity into our daily lives and you know, when all in, when we are all like adjusting and struggling one
0: way or another. Yes, hope and the perennial power of hope. I'm going to write that down. That's a good one. Um, okay, cool guys. So now we've got one, two, three, four, five, six topics, and so I'll be putting those into the, the random generator. But first, we'll just launch off on one of those topics so that I can have time to do that in the background. And I think we're going to launch off with yours, Sandra, because it's going to feel very included if we start off with the topic of inclusion (laughs) versus exclusion. So do you want to just go ahead and elaborate a little bit on what that topic's about and just um, introduce it to us? And then we'll open it up for group input.
6: Yeah, well, you know, there's groups in every aspect of our lives, usually, except for in our inner experience so our outer experience is all dependent on other people and so you have to learn how to approach different groups and that are in, of interest to you and sometimes that doesn't work out for you and just the feeling that that leaves can really be devastating to you has anybody ever had that experience
5: yeah Sorry. i can i can definitely relate to that um, mm-hmm. I try to be as self-validating as I can, um, but I find I find myself challenged by that sometimes. I mean, my ego does still exist, and mm-hmm. it gets um, it gets hurt sometimes. Um, but I I try and um, refocus as much as I can, and um, and always look for the opportunity amongst the challenge, which is the challenge amongst the problem. You know, so I start off with maybe that problem, and then work it into a challenge. Of, of whether how I can be more self-validating or why you know this isn't as significant as maybe I think or whatnot, um, yeah. and and just try try and utilize that as a as a positive um, for myself if nothing else. Um, sometimes I feel like the reframing is um, is just a little bit like uh, playing with your mind, but hey, if it, if it gets you through the night and it makes you feel better, then then all means by all means, um, you know. Mm-hmm. That perspective can be can be very beneficial. And the other thing I try and do is just stay grateful, because it's hard to, to you know, be really um, in that funk that I get in sometimes when I am in in that state of, of gratitude.
6: Yeah, that's good. Thank you for
0: that. Anybody else have any insight? Yeah, I'd I'd like to say that um, you know I think you started off by saying the only kind of uh world that we have is is in our head and that we go around comparing ourselves to the external world but the you in your head is completely unique Um, and I think we're all completely different and we're all like Barry was talking about Star Trek and Star Wars we're all this one life expressing itself in different metaphors in different conceptual frameworks and so I think that we can resonate with the people around us even if we're not in their group or they don't see us in that way if we sink beneath the differences and see that actually we're all the same one life expressing itself in multiple ways Um, and so I find that I can resonate on that level with gangsters and with uh, academics and with uh, people who are homeless and with people who are millionaires because we all share this common human experience Um, I think If we focus on, we're taught in school to differentiate. How is this picture different from that picture? Spot the differences. There's even a game, spot the differences. But if we looked for the similarities um, and saw it more as a unity, as Tom's topic is gonna be, are we all equal? um, I think we would resonate or not feel as defensive as in, can I fit in with this group of people? Can I fit in, what identity do I need to adapt to fit in with that group of people? Um, I think that and then the coincidences, the synchronicities will all come to us as we just tap into that larger flow of life itself. Um, so I think that everything's included in this concept of life, including the other species. And excluding is only done at the detriment of your own enrichment. Um, so that's what I think. What do the rest of you guys think? Yeah,
6: yeah that's kind of what I wanted to end this topic with. Is the inclusion factor is it starts with all of us, you know, and when you open your mind to others and try to help other people come to that, too. If you're in a, an exclusive group, um, maybe trying to get other people in the group to widen their minds and and ways of excluding people can take on a much different note, too. And instead of just, nope, and shutting the door, you got to talk about things and help, help them deal with that, too. I always believe that. Um, if somebody's excluded for a necessary reason let them know that reason you know well
1: um i'd like to add for me personally the uh, inclusion versus exclusion is kind of a sign of character and so uh, as an example let's say that i'm having a party at my house and i invite josh and he brings a hundred (laughs) friends okay so now there's a hundred people in my living room with josh right now, I had originally invited Josh because I wanted him to be there to, you know, uh, add to the party atmosphere and I knew what Josh <laughs> was going to do. Now I've got 100 other people. So for me, I'm inclusive. I want to figure out like, how can we make all these people have a good time at my party. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm going to try and find out something about them. Like, are that's you cool. good? Are you good at DJing? Do you like to play music? <laughs> right. Well, you can be the party DJ. Okay, that's taken care of. Oh, you, yeah. like, you like making snacks? Okay, you're the snack factor, right? Oh, you like playing games outside? Okay, you're the outdoor PE teacher. Whatever, like yeah. find a job for everyone and make sure everyone has a good time. Now, That's other great. people, <laughs> other people will have an exclusionary attitude. They'll say, "How do I get these hundred people out of my party?"
6: You're and awesome. So that
1: they will put their energy into trying to figure out how to get these people to leave. And for me personally, that just doesn't seem like a good use of energy right? I would yeah. have much more fun getting to know you and figure out like what your personal strengths and talents are and then saying, okay, now let's plug you in to the party so you can maximize that. And now <laughs> I, I can go get to know somebody else because I don't have to worry about you. You're doing your thing. I love it. That's just me personally.
6: Yeah,
5: I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I that is great. <laughs> totally. Because when people are in their element, you know, they're feeling comfortable and they're feeling good. And I think, you know, in your example with the party, I mean, that's being a great host right <laughs> there. That's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of host I want to go to a party with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Isn't is the greatest no, that's, compl- that's is it, the greatest compliment you can get as a host is that people come back for a second party. <laughs> You're right. Right. So me yep. per I, I always want to be the best host I can be because the next time I call Josh, I don't want it to be uh, oh, I don't know if I want to go to that party. I want Josh <laughs> to be like, hell yeah, and this time I'll bring 1, <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: oh,
1: I bring a thousand people. That's
0: cool. yeah. um, I actually read I got an email from Scientology today. Um, because it, it, i know it says buy and trade infinity on your glasses there and i think it relates to this so uh l Ron hubbard his quote about money was that you want to do something that's going to generate money provide the most value for the most people just and just he's not saying like you can sell that value he's saying life itself will send you all these resources if you're empowering people at your party barry and, Sending them off to, to be better people. I think that that buy and trading of infinity will just come in our direction. So I think notice, that's. Notice I did.
1: I did not use the word sell.
0: Oh, buy and there, trade. You
1: don't There's sell. no selling. In hands. There's no selling. You, you could buy it. You can trade it. If you sell it, you're out of the club. Well,
0: <laughs> don't cash in. Don't cash in. We're, we're no, doing. Wait, like, I am
1: oh. cashing in. If I buy it for a dollar and it's worth $5 and I say, Josh, I'm going to trade you this stock for three fifty. You've come out ahead by a dollar fifty, and I've come out ahead by two fifty.
0: Win win synergy, right? Uno yeah. plus uno with stress. And then Bree, yeah. you had your hand up. Um, did you have something that you wanted to say? I like your guys' little emoticons and stuff. Did you have something you wanted to say, Bree?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to chime in and give it a kind of a different perspective because it's something inclusiveness. Um, it's something I struggle with and it starts not from like other people's rejection it's actually my lack of self-acceptance and going you know putting myself out there you know to be included so it's like the battle is in me it's like the biggest enemy I have is myself you know and (laughs) had I just like dissolve the walls that are keeping me from friendship and being included it's like I know this isn't really making sense too much but that's no, kind is. of
0: like you're getting it at a motorcon from yeah you.
2: yeah so that's yeah
6: so I just wanted to throw that out there <laughs> yeah I, I think you're doing big steps by being here today too <laughs> I mean yeah it's a safe place which definitely
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Josh, you know, just knowing Josh is my husband, he does a good job as studying the atmosphere of like, creating places like this that are just amazing. I mean, not a lot of people get to go to therapy and like, vent out their, you know, ideas and thoughts. And you know, this is just a great place to kind of come together. But yeah. yeah, that's my thought. So what do you guys think about, you know, is that something anybody struggles with? You know, do you guys, are you exclusive? Because it's, Coming from you, or do you not know that, or am I just kind of alone in that?
6: <laughs> and I've had that experience too. Yeah, <laughs> I've gotten much better at it because of holding um, support groups. <laughs> that's taught me to really be extroverted. <laughs> and uh, as long as I have a mission behind it, you know, something important to me.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I think, think that's really, really, really profound.
2: And i am going to because
0: there's multiple personalities in my head, too. Um, no, that's <laughs> awesome, Brie. And I think what you're talking about is, is so deep because the external world is a reflection of actually our internal state. And so if we feel like we're being rejected all the time by other people, a lot of that could come from our own inward rejection. And the last thing I'll say about that is maybe this even ties to uh, religion. I, I don't feel like God really needs massive defense. Like, he's God okay, he's pretty good at defending himself. And so religions who are saying, I got the right answer and everyone who disagrees with me is wrong. That makes me think they're kind of insecure about their own religion. Yeah. Um, and if they want to exclude people, um, that makes me think they've got something to, to kind of prove. So I think in life and in religion, um, an inclusive sort of self-acceptance and trusting that there's this much larger force which will validate everything. Um, it frees us up to be more ourselves. Um, but that's an awesome thing you brought up, Brie.
1: Josh, I want to add that, you know, there are certain things that you would breed tolerate in your daughters because they're children. And you know that one day they will grow out of that. Right. So you tolerate it now as a childlike behavior because they are children, but you have an expectation that they will leave it behind as adults. Exclusionary behavior is a childlike behavior. It's one that says, I am better than you. I'm here, you're not here. You know, nanny, nanny, wah, 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 right? (laughs) And so, yes. And so if you're still doing the nanny, nanny, wah, wah, wah and you're 40 years old, it kind of makes other adults uncomfortable because we've kind of put down those toys and now we're playing with the inclusion toys, which is way more, for me, way more interesting you know, the, the nanny nanny wawa. I'm like, that just gets boring. Like, I don't want to be in a room by myself, <laughs> in a party by myself. Like, I want to experience the world, right? So why would I keep playing with the nanny nanny, great, wah, wah. That...
0: nanny? Nanny nanny That sums <laughs> it up.
6: That there's there's a specific person that, that I look at in this perspective and it makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nanny nanny wa that sums it up really well. And we have some comments in the chat there, yes. <laughs> guys. Um, I also just want to launch a quick poll here as to whether you guys think that we should publish the chat afterwards, whether whether we should um, stick it online. So if you guys would be so kind as to vote, uh, it, it's all anonymous. Should we post the Zoom chat scr- Zoom chat transcript online afterwards? And you can vote yes, no, or don't mind. Um, I do encourage. Uh, there's a lot to say about each of these topics. You know, I don't think we're gonna exhaust what could be said about these topics in these two hours. And so I encourage you guys to continue these chats on the Facebook video, the live stream video. Firstly, that'll um, encourage more of the community to get involved. It'll boost the algorithm. And I think you can express more of what you want to say. And the same thing can uh, apply to the chat. If you guys have things you want to say, but maybe you don't want to unmute yourself, it's it's easier to just write it down. Then you could put it in the Zoom chat and we could publish that as a picture or maybe on the website or something afterwards. I'll give you guys another three seconds to vote or so three, two, one. Yes. And we have a unanim, unanimous, anonymous, anonymous, anonymous. Um, Everybody was well, 67% of people say yes, and 33% say they don't mind. So that is an affirmative, guys. We will p- publish the chat afterwards. So if there's little comments you want to make, we'll uh, feel free to put those in the chat and and i'll I'll say, I'll put that out later.
1: And it I'm was so- higher. It was higher than sixty seven percent because I didn't vote and I would have voted in the affirmative.
0: Well, then that just tips the cake. that's the cherry on the cake is what you are. So okay, guys, I think that is really deep about the first topic. I, we're, how what cool ground we've covered in in just one topic. So Sandra, thank you for bringing up something that's has so many layers of depth. And if yeah. it's cool, you guys, we're going to spin this little wheel right here. And we are going to move on to the next so-called randomly chosen topic. Here they all are. Let's spin the wheel. I love it. I love it, Doug. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. this. <laughs> oh, it's <Yeah>! out. <laughs> Yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk about the performances. winner. Well, thank you. I'd like to thank my mother for giving birth to me. <laughs> uh, okay, So here we go. I'm going to launch a little very quick video on metamorphosis. Um, it's just kind of, I'll be talking in the background, but metamorphosis, as you know, Sandra is very close to my heart. And I do believe we're undergoing a societal metamorphosis at the moment. And so as we transition, as we change how does nature deal with things like change and deal with things like transitions? Um, So I've undergone some of my own metamorphoses and they're not easy. And I think as a society, we're going through one with not only COVID, but there's like this larger metamorphosis happening. It it seems like a decentralization um, if we're gonna describe it. Um, When things change, when things get messy, what does nature do about that? Well, there can be transformation that happens through hard times. For instance, we can go through refining fires. In South Africa, there's a species of vegetation called fynbos, which actually needs fire. It needs to burn down onto the ground in order for new life to stem from it so as we watch the world that we know burn to the ground all these deep rooted structures go up in flames that can trigger fight or flight response danger danger the world around me is burning up Um, but from the ashes when it seems like everything's been demolished where all the restaurants are closed where all of our little comforts that we used to go to through covid are gone there can also be something new that comes from that through the refining fire it can be the sprout of a new life that starts to burst up. And the ground is rich with possibility right now as things become decentralized, as we move to the new era. What kind of new life is doing Now metamorphosis, we are creatures of both mud and spirit. As caterpillars, we crawl along the mud, right? Just like sticking our faces in the dirt. Sometimes we climb up the odd plant by chowing that plant because it's also nutrition. And as we do that, we slowly change what we're becoming. We have to dissolve ourselves and our molecular structure into this cocoon until we come out way more colorful, way more vibrant and dynamic and artful than we ever were as that little mud-faring creature. And we can fly together towards new heights, towards the light as this community, as we individually head towards a transformative light. Um, So I'd like to just talk about the topic of broader societal metamorphosis right now and personal metamorphosis, um, I think that it's an unprecedented time, unprecedented, and with that comes opportunity. I see one of the changes societally happening in decentralization, decentralization of finance through the blockchain, decentralization of information through the internet, decentralization of religion through personal spirituality and so now the power structures that were out there by the way the power structures are what killed Jesus back in the day those powers are dismantling and and reforming and I think that us as a community and the internet as a whole has a possibility to put our fingerprints on how that metamorphosis goes so i'd love to hear from you guys about where you think the future is going where do you see our personal metamorphosis and societal metamorphosis heading as we move forward
1: um somebody has a plane in the background
0: yeah that's that's me sorry oh it's new heights that's butterflies just like really powerful butterflies powerful
1: butterflies i like that so josh what you're talking about is 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 very true Um, i'll just add from my perspective I think we're living in the paradigm shift of leadership in a hierarchical manner to one that's decentralized. And I'll give you an example. The old paradigm is like, I'm Josh's boss. I want him to report to me. Everything he does goes through me. Um, You know, it, it bottlenecks with me. Josh wants to work faster, but I've got to approve all his work so he can only work as fast as I do. Also, I'm supervising other people besides Josh. So now Josh is competing with those people for my approval, you know, so that we can push things through. And it's just a mess. Right. But that's what we had. That was our system. And we've had that for a long time. What younger people today appreciate and value is decentralized leadership. And so with that, uh, Josh and I worked on another group that we just finished up. We've been doing it for the past year. And Josh let me start out in a leadership role, facilitating the group. And I chose as a leader to decentralize myself by teaching Josh how to do what I was doing and then stepping aside. I remove myself as the bottleneck. I empower Josh so that his leadership abilities grow. He can now teach other people how to run the group. He can decentralize himself. I've removed myself from the process because the old process is ego driven. And when you have ego driven systems, they break down eventually because they're not sustainable. That you, you know, like we can't all work for one person towards the future. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, we have other agendas. So the system breaks down. So if we move away, and I, th- and I think young people like to hear this, they like a flat leadership pyramid, right? So it's like somebody is the leader at first to get things started, but we're not going to raise you up and build this pyramid. You're down here with us. So you get that, step aside, basically. Do your job, step aside, let the next person do their thing.
0: And have you noticed that I've incorporated some of the things that you showed me, dude, in this group right now and in this format. And so that's how- Because you're a leader. Because you're a leader.
1: You're a leader, I'm a leader. We are both better better leaders by branching out and teaching others. And removing ourselves from any positions where we would slow down creativity or output. Right. That's it, dude. Yes.
6: Yeah, yeah I agree with that completely. I'm um I hate feeding the machine, you know, <laughs> to where it all goes up to the top. And um, I'd rather put my efforts and my time into making things better for everyone. And facilitating that is a way of leading. But uh, exactly. I always want everybody to leave that with their ability of leadership.
1: You know, yes. there's two, there's two companies you can go work for. One has a CEO that wants a private jet and you can work every day to make sure that they get their dream private jet. There's another CEO that wants to make the world a better place in every way possible. So you can go work with them on that. They don't need a private jet. They are yeah. already sustained as an individual and now they want to work with you as an employee and where they you know to take you where you want to go. What's your private jet? Right? Like let's all do that together. I think the old system favored you know helping somebody achieve the unachievable. And it just really is kind of an abstract journey that you yeah. run out, you run out of gas on eventually. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Who else has any thoughts about that? About this process that we're undergoing, this big change that's amongst us, this metamorphosis. Bree raised a hand, a virtual hand. Go ahead, Bri.
2: Sorry, oh, I feel like I'm in school. <laughs> like, well, you know, then I'm the I'm teacher. A, I, I have something to you. say. So I just have a thought as I'm thinking about metamorphosis. Okay, so caterpillars, right? Do they know that other caterpillars are like chowing? to then become in a cocoon. And then when they get out of that cocoon, so it's like all the mess that we're, you know, going through, we're like kind of cleansing ourselves, like physically, like figuring out when you're born, we kind of, does anybody know why we're here? <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> we're I do. Yes, right? very, nice, I, I, don't no, know. I, I do have the and answer. And so,
2: and so I have the answer. rest 2 million people in the world have like some different views. Well, but though it's all kind of like the same, like, you know when we're getting out of our cocoon and then it's like the physical thing and then it's like the spiritual thing you know when you see like birds or you know they're all going somewhere and like they just know it you know like yeah. pelicans they're mm-hmm. all in that v and they have like this it's like a soul thing it's,
1: we have it's, the answer if you want it you want the answer yeah barry? yeah
2: okay as long as it's a minute because any more than that
1: <laughs> how about two seconds <laughs> two seconds okay go ahead go ahead so you come to me and you say barry what is the meaning of life and I say, Brianna, the meaning of life is to serve others.
0: I love a- it. Was that that was cool. That was very yeah. So, so that to serve. the universe. Serve.
2: Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's love and serve. I think
1: everything. It's purpose. It's love. It's it's growth. It's everything. Yeah. Serve others. We will build a new society of positivity by serving others. Because oh, I'm another, an you're another. If you're serving others, then we're all serving each other. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wins. Exactly. Everybody
0: wins. <laughs> I love that idea about how much the caterpillar knows. Does the caterpillar know that he's met- metamorphosizing? What does the caterpillar think about butterflies? And what do mm. butterflies think about caterpillars? Yeah, I love that qu- that line of questioning, cool. Ray. Right?
6: Is it just knowing? The knowing, um, you know, like we have that ability, but we
0: ignore it most of the time it seems <laughs> i think you're right how do we tap into that Sandra? do you know
6: by uh, busting the stigma against
3: it
1: <laughs> yes. remove, remove self-doubt
0: mm-hmm. yep faith basically you you,
1: you are your own stigma. you are the biggest you are the biggest doubter out there i guarantee you there isn't a hater in the world that doubts you as much as you doubt yourself
6: right <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think uh, we can, if we believe it, that's what Jesus said. I mean, Peter, when he stepped onto the water and he was like looking at Jesus and believed he was walking on the water, doing a full on miracle. But as soon as he saw the storm around him uh, and he started doubting, he sank like it had very real consequences. And then Jesus reached and and pulled him up. So I do think that the power of belief, the power of the mind um, can access these kinds of things that you're talking about, Sandra. Um, and yeah. so who has any final uh, concluding comments about metamorphosis before we move on to the next topic?
6: I've got to get one thing in. <laughs> I just, I also believe that, uh, I believe that we will get a, do away with the ability to deceive one another.
0: Yes. And that's what telepathy. I'm looking forward to. <laughs> you think that'll be like through telepathy or like w- how will we be uh, so honest? Just through the sensing and
6: knowing yeah. um, being developed. Yeah,
0: that intuition. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus says, what is whispered in the ears will be proclaimed from the rooftops. Did you have something there? Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to add, I use three words to help me get through metamorphosis. Scared is good.
0: So how does scared oh! is good tie into uh, doubt holding us back?
1: If you're not scared of metamorphosizing, then you're not paying attention to what's happening
0: to you. It's a big process, huh? Yeah. It's an intense process, and you got There's, to push up against the cocoon. It's, it's not easy. Yeah, but scared is a sign of that
1: your inner knowledge is working. Like you should be scared. That's like you, people are trying to prevent scared. Like it's like it's it's a natural thing. You can't stop it. The reason your body's responding is it's fearful of the future. It's scared. Yeah, and and you have to embrace unknown. it. Embrace it and turn scared into a positive thing. Scared is good. Sig, Sig, S I G. Scared is good. You can put that on your lenses.
0: Okay, awesome, guys. Thanks for all that input about metamorphosis. And let us go ahead and spin the wheel. Why not? Because we can. Let's see what we got here. We have Brett. We have Brett. Congratulations, Brett. You are the winner. And we are going to talk about your topic of what really matters. And if you wanted to tie, you also mentioned capital markets. Go ahead and tie that in there. So go ahead and introduce and elaborate on that topic of what really matters for us.
4: Okay. You want me to start with what really matters and then I'll, I'll do a capital markets outlook. Uh, it's your topic, to man. That. You do
0: whatever you want with it. Cool.
4: Okay. All right, all right. Everybody doesn't know. The world doesn't know. It was all mm-hmm. over the news last week. Uh, one of the richest athletes in the world probably worth about a billion dollars, was compromised in less than a minute, either through distraction, either through I'm in a rush and nothing else matters but me either. But, you know, it's just circumstances brought him, his world, to a halt. And there was some question over whether Woods was going to live. You know, God spared his life. I'm thankful God spared his life. But I think it's a message. I think the whole incident was a message and should get everybody to reflect on what matters. Is it, yeah, I got a billion dollars. What do I do next? I'm living this fabulous lifestyle. I have whatever I want, when I want. But that all could come to a halt. All of that, just having whatever you want Whenever you want, matter when, when you're in a life threatening situation and you made a mistake, you had an accident, you weren't paying attention, and now, wow, it, 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 it could just get you to stop and think, wow, this, this is, you know, my life is never going to be the same or might never be the same, despite the fact that I got all the money I could possibly want or have. You know, and it's just, it really made me think, you know, I just, I, I'm not a really big fan of woods. My family is, but I, I never really was. I kind of envied the guy just because he had everything I couldn't have and everything I wanted, but didn't have. And I just said, well, you know what, Lord? I said, it's, it's, I'm thankful for what I have and not, I, and I won't covet just, another person just because they've got a billion dollars and they could have whatever they want, whenever they want, because it's a situation where, you know, this person's going to be happy to walk again, much less play athletics, much less play sports, much less do, he may never do what made him famous again. And I just want everybody's opinion thought on how we can be compromised, how the, how the greatest, how the mightiest, of the mightiest in the sports world can be compromised in an instant.
0: Josh, and I'm going
4: to leave it that. I'm going to leave it there.
0: Thanks,
1: Brett. Um, I'd like to speak to this, Josh. Um, Definitely. This is uh, that's a great topic, by the way, Brett. I mean, very topical. I am a Tiger Woods fan. I'm a golf fan, so it's it's devastating. Anytime an icon in any sport goes down, there's just there's a following of people that feel waves of empathy, whether it's Kobe Bryant or anybody else, you know. Um, so what you talked about, Brett, is very interesting. I don't know if Josh, Josh, have you studied Islam very much?
0: Yeah, quite a bit.
1: So one of the major tenets in Islam that I found fascinating is they talk about the rich man who's on his deathbed and how he looks at the young, healthy guy and says, who's really rich here? I have all this money, but I'm gonna die this week. He's only 20 years old. He's got his whole life ahead of him. Who really is the rich man? And that tenant lends Islam to look towards Western materialism as being like a weak crutch because we buy things to feel better and feel richer, but it's really youth that they see as as the tap of wealth and children, not, not um, adult pursuits. And, and I think sometimes that comes across as being very harsh because they limit themselves from doing a lot of things that Western culture would say, these are recreational and pleasurable to me. I wanna do them. They prohibit that behavior because their focus is on the youth and the wealth that's contained there.
0: Yeah. Um, so, what go ahead, Sandra.
6: I think that's beautiful. Um, some of the Western beliefs and practices are not good for everyone. <laughs> They're only good for the few. And I, you know, I'm a polytheist. I I take a little bit from everything that I learn religiously. Um, and I really I've been against the Western values uh, for a, a long time now.
0: So that's my god. <laughs> yeah. And I think Tiger Woods and stuff like that shows that the Western value system doesn't buy contentment. I mean, Tiger Woods, that was an accident. Okay. So he was distracted or whatever. I don't know exactly what happened, but I just put in the chat, what about Kirk Cobain and Marilyn Monroe and the guy yeah. from Lickin Park and Robin Williams and these guys who made the choice that life wasn't worth living anymore. So it just goes to show. Oh, there we go. Chester. I yeah. I mean, his voice rocked. So oh. it just, it's like, well, what is life about? So if it was about fame and acclaim and a sense of humor, Robin Williams, then these should be the happiest amongst us, yet we know that they're not. So Bree asked, does anyone actually know what life is about? I don't really. I don't. I don't think many people do. Um, but it seems like it's definitely not completely about that kind of success, which the West values so much. Um, so that that's something to think about.
1: You know, Josh, in the United States, if you're famous and you're not making other people famous, you're just considered an asshole.
0: (laughs) You should make it. Yeah, so there's people who want to lift up everyone else. It's that
1: synergy, yeah. Yeah. You can tell, like, certain directors, they always use, like, friends and family in their productions. Like, they're trying to make stars out of the people they know. (laughs) That's what
0: you went you know, and the, the dog, we're, we're not, we don't have a species biased here. We're, we're inclusive to multiple species. The dog said, yes, yes, amen to that. Yeah,
6: yeah.
0: Uh, she's very verbal. <laughs> very impressive. Yeah. And she's also a new mommy <laughs> again. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, our canine friend. Who else has any thoughts about what really matters in life and about uh, the falling of idols? Um, can I say one more thing? Please.
6: Since you reminded me of Chester Bennington, he has a song called "A Thousand Lights," and in the song, it basically says, uh, "Who cares if one light and all these thousand lights goes out?" And then he says, "Well, I do," and that song is just so touching. we listen. Man, and then care yeah. about that one light. <laughs> and try to keep it going.
0: <laughs> so I wonder if okay. it's a sensitivity. Yeah, someone had something to say. Was that you, Brett?
4: I, I wanted to just, uh, I just wanted everybody to reflect on, I think I wanted more discourse on what's important. What's really important. Is it the billion dollars that's important that, that we should strive for? Or is it just being being thankful we can live the life we're living and, and just being right. grateful for what we have and that we're not disabled or I, I'm, I'm not sure um, where I'm going with that. Brett, uh, right, Brett. Right. I just wanted more right. reflection on, is it a billion dollars that really matters or is it my health that really matters?
1: Brett, Brett, can I, can I be rough with you for a second? Yeah. All right, Brett, why in the hell should I give you a billion dollars? What are you gonna do with it?
4: <laughs> well, I might give it to my favorite charity. I might do the, no. Okay, um, how
1: about this? I'll just give it to them for you, okay? Do you see, you have no plan. You have no plan for the money and how to make other people wealthy. You're thinking about how much candy you can buy. Do you understand the universe is not gonna give you a billion dollars if all you wanna do is buy candy?
0: And yet it does to some people, yeah. Oh really,
1: Josh, do you know those people? What's the last billionaire you met?
0: I don't think I've ever met a billionaire in person,
1: but think about- I'll tell you what, Josh, they look, act and fart just like you do. (laughs) They're all human. Exactly. But, they they but what about the very, rich very, people? Who they, are have the same, they have the same fears and insecurities. They're just like you and me. They're not evil people. They're actually blessed people and they're doing good work. You just don't know about it. So you look like the idiot by demonizing someone who's actually a good person day to day and doesn't care for you to see every good act they do.
0: So you think every rich you, you person would, is
1: good? Absolutely. I know them. They're great. All of them? Every rich person buried back up. Every rich person?
0: Yes. You know all of them do. You're a good person to know then if you know all the billionaires. Every
1: single person is good, Josh. There are no bad people. And I think it's rude if you say that that somebody is bad and somebody is good. How do you know? You don't know. That's what God says. God knows. That's what matters.
4: God does know. I'm not denying that, Barry. You've got a good point. I hear you. I hear you 100%. But I'm saying that if you look at a person's actions and you say, well,
1: how could you do this to another person? How you can't you... see all the actions, Brett. Go live your life. Quit watching other people and passing judgment on their behaviors that you think you know when you don't know. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know what their family's like. You don't know what kind of lover they are. You don't even know what kind of parent they are. And you pass judgment on people you don't know because they have a bigger bank account than you. You're jealous. Well, I think You you are the okay, one that is spoiled. Okay, okay. You are spoiled. They have worked very hard to acquire what they've acquired. And you are the spoiled
0: brat Hey, 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 Barry! Let's speak the hey, truth and love, dude. Let's talk the truth and love, bro. Chill, bro. <laughs> no, let's no, let's, talk, about let's talk about rich people and solidarity. Let's
1: talk about rich people. Like they're not in the room.
2: Right. I, I think that we should put. Does um, anybody else? We should move on from that topic.
0: Yeah, I just remind you of the three S's of safe space and synergy and solidarity. The point here is to try to figure this stuff out. I think it's a really good point, Brett, about like what really matters and about. Um does our health matter? Does money matter? I think it's pretty clear that money isn't the be all and end all. And all the wisdom traditions, including like you brought up, Islam, Barry, um, acknowledges that that's not what's really going on. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think that money only flows to to the best of people. I think it can be a test. I think it can exacerbate whether you're good or it can exacerbate whether your heart is um self it, it's it's like trying to gratify itself but Brett yeah as, as you brought up the topic do you have any final comments before we move on to the next topic
4: um, I, I wanted to I wanted to reflect on capital markets and you know it's kind of <laughs> um, as far as where the stock markets going an ideal area ideal sectors to go if, if, if the stock market is a topic of interest here, it I is. think you want to look at the currency and what the US dollar is doing in relative to foreign currencies. And I want to say that the sectors that usually do better when, uh, like, the U.S. dollar goes down or is devalued in relation to foreign currencies are emerging markets. Emerging markets during the period of 2001, 2008, when the dollar was getting very weak in relation to the euro, among other currencies, relatively speaking – you could have doubled your money in the emerging markets sector because emerging markets usually do – currencies do better. Emerging markets are doing better because the U.S. dollar is is, is not doing as well uh, in relation to other currencies. So that – and I think that the, that the dollar is going to go down before it goes up, and I think emerging markets as a, as a sector to be in or at least to take a look at uh, investing in terms of up and coming. Uh, as far as spending, I think the areas, t- I think consumer spending is going to shift to consumer discretionary goods and services. Ship, uh, that's where money is flowing. And where was money flowing last year, if you can think, anybody? Well, we were going through the major pandemic. So Take money somebody. was shifting to utilities as toilet paper flew off of the shelves. As other staples, consumer staples, that the bare essentials of life flew off the shelves, that was the place to be, but nobody really knew it before the COVID hit. Um, Now that we've got the two, three vaccines, now that Johnson Johnson's been approved, there's going to be a a greater shift, a less of emphasis on uh, what do I need to survive as opposed to now I can live a little and spend on my discretion as my heart so desires. So that is, that's a sector that's going to go as opposed to consumer staples, you know. I just, that's just a general, that's a nutshell. That's a very, very cursory nutshell.
0: Gonna be another roaring 20s, man. This is, once everyone oh, gosh, gets which. out there, dude. it's going to be next level. Um, and yeah, I put in the chat that I bought uh, puts on EEM and calls on UUP, the dollar. Uh, I think that's, that's really wise. I mean, I don't know really what I'm doing, but I follow this other guy and I listen to what he says. I think that's very helpful, Brett. Um, so do you think that there's gonna be a market crash? I know that everyone's um, thinking that that's possibly the case. And if so, do you think that Bitcoin and the altcoins will be something that's up and coming?
4: I don't think there's gonna be as dramatic a crash as some uh, analysts are speculating on. I, I don't think there's a reason for it. I, don't think, I think the fundamentals are basically strong. And uh, I think as uh, real GDP improves and continues to prove, there's no reason to think there's going to be a crash, not even and, and nothing close to even uh, the crash, uh, the COVID correction of March, April, second quarter 2020. I think that's behind us at this point, especially and as we turn the corner more with, with this vaccine. I think I think um, investors are banking on the vaccine success. All three relative respective vaccines are going to be successful worldwide. I think people are looking at there's light at the end of this tunnel. And I think that people are thinking along the lines of the worst is behind us. So what I agree with the people, the speculators that are saying there's a crash, absolutely not.
0: That's good to know, man. And then um, in relation to altcoins and Bitcoin and stuff, I'm going to create, I'm going to take a snapshot with your guys' permission of this screen right here. And I'm going to create what's called an NFT, a non-fungible token, um, which is basically like a, Bitcoin of art. And a lot of people like Elon Musk and Shamath, Palihapatia and Gary V and uh, Mark Cuban believe that this is going to be the currency of the future. And it's like art and it's uh, very unique. So I'm going to create th- one of this group right here. So guys, I'm going to distribute that to all of you. Um, if you are interested in that, along with seven Dogecoins, which is worth a grand total of 35 cents right now. Um, But I'm gonna do that because I I believe in investing in the community and that kind of thing. And so um, last comment there, Brett, do you think that things like Bitcoin and altcoins will be uh, rising in prominence in the future?
4: I think that cryptocurrency will remain relatively popular throughout the rest of the year. Uh, I think it's still, uh, I think it's still a wise bet at this point. Uh, do I, uh, uh, I think I, but I think it's somewhat of a fad. If you know what I'm talking about, Josh, I think yeah. it's, it may not be here to stay. I think it's a fad. I think it's relatively short lived. I think because it, I think the track record is not there. It hasn't been there respective to other currencies like gold obviously, or silver, or obviously it's not going to supplant those anytime soon. Um, Is it a good, is it a a neat investment? Yeah, it's a neat investment because it's popular and it's the in thing. It's in vogue. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency is in vogue, but that's not gonna last forever.
0: That's awesome to hear, man. Cool, thanks for that. Uh, Then I'll temper my enthusiasm and just use discretion in exploring that. So that was a fascinating
4: I'm saying, don't get me wrong, Joshua. I'm saying don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't sell everything. You got to go buy some cryptocurrency. Is it a viable part of your portfolio? Yeah, but I wouldn't make, I wouldn't get over concentrated in it. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't put more than ten or twenty percent of your assets in it.
0: That's smart. I like that ten percent ratio. Uh, that's cool. Thanks for that, Brett, and for the profound topic. And so we've got three left. Let's spin our magical wheel of choice here. <laughs> and it's. Yeah. <laughs> Yasmeen, do you want to talk to us about hope? We'd love to hear what you have to say and then contribute towards it. Sure.
7: I want to say that it's my first time joining this group and I'm, I really like it. And I see that we all have like wonderful thoughts and ideas. And, you know, we're making this time to convey and just exchange um, the thoughts. And that's very, you know, and like really, really good. I, I, I like it. And I recently started reading a book that is called Positive Bias. And he talks about, you know, basically saying that hope and positivity are tools of survival. And I really, that really resonates with me because I'm thinking that's true because the world as we knew it totally had, you know, drastic changes in the past year. It's going to be a full year of, you know, COVID, quarantine, face masks, all sort of restrictions and, you know, reasons to all be like isolated and, I really believe in, like, in my spiritual life and everything that hope is what keeps us all going as human beings. And that's why, you know, reading books and quotes, you know, that can bring that little positivity in our daily life, like that mentioned in the beginning, you know, just being grateful, it can really switch your thinking and like your energy to better things ahead.
0: I don't know what you guys think. What do you guys think about that? Um, well, I think that hope is huge because what it does is zoom us out from our current situation to see the possibility of the broader picture, um, which I think is, is hugely transformative in you talking about reading inspirational quotes and the whole, you know, theme of Aslan's Rainbow is inspiration for transpor- yeah. transformation, because we need to be inspired to give us that energy to go ahead and transform. If we're in like a dark cave and it's completely dark and we can't see any light at the end of the tunnel you can't even navigate to like where you're going to go it's just completely dark but even having a little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel that can illuminate a path forward and i think as we move towards that light towards the broader bigger world that exists out there it sheds more and more clarity on our situation even if we're in a cave and so i think that's how spirituality you mentioned that is such a powerful tool because if we think about the old testament Um, Israel would recite what God had done in all their different stories say hey remember the God that we serve he like split the seas for us as we walk through it that's what we're we're doing and remember how David had to like run away for a while and he lived a really hard life but then God brought him back and gave him the kingdom so what it does is it kind of puts our little story into the larger context and kind of zooms us out to see that there's there's really hope in this larger kind of direction that everything's going I think hope is huge What are the rest of your guys' thoughts? Bri. And she raised her hand, that's very polite. And I think at the end, what we will do is um, take a vote, take a poll as to whether we'd like more structure to the response section um, and using something like the hand thing and then taking it in turn. So I like your hand up, Bri, your virtual hand. What have you Uh, got?
2: Thank you so much. Okay, so I just wanted to show you my car. I don't know if you guys can see it yes but it says hope is the anthem of that. my soul
0: <laughs> so
2: and there, there's my child
0: hello there child <laughs> they uh, give me hope <laughs> um
2: and i was just gonna say that um without hope i mean it is just having all the lights off just like mm. josh was saying i think that and it's just like, I know in the Bible, Josh, doesn't it back me up here? I'm not the best at quoting. i She's not, right. I didn't study it. <laughs> yeah, back to You, you up. know, uh, Fuller Theological Seminary. But, oh, but like doesn't a... it say in the Bible that hope is the anchor
0: to our souls? Yes. Does, it, does it say it like that? We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. And I'll bring up the actual verse so that you can check that out. I love that.
2: Yeah, and I think it's just without hope, there is no like moving forward I mean you you would be stuck without something to look forward to or to put your hope in um yeah so oh, don't touch my sorry <laughs> okay that's
0: it <laughs> uh, we, we hope that they can figure out not to touch whatever they're touching that they're not supposed to okay yeah so it says in Hebrews 6 19 here that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain uh so yeah hope is huge in the bible What are the rest of your guys' thoughts?
1: Well, I've I've been fortunate to meet some extremely hopeful people, and you would be surprised, but the more money somebody has, the more hopeful they tend to be because they can weather any storm. Yeah. So they become these like ultra positive people, and so now they have a lot of money in the bank, they're super hopeful and positive, and they want to share that with other people, but they go to share it with other people and other people are total dickheads and are like i hate rich people you suck okay minute, let,
0: let's not be negative about. remember this is about positivity i so, know i'm trying
1: to say these positive people let's work with you here's an example i tried to give a bunch of cash to children's international at the mall the other day and they don't take cash you can only <laughs> you can only make a donation if they know who you are and i said well i want to be an anonymous donor for the kids." And they're like, "Well, we can't do that. I'm sorry."
0: I'm wow.
1: like, "Do you realize I don't even believe that you want to help kids because you you won't take cash? Like you're sticking out like a sore thumb."
0: So, what is what's your perspective on hope?
1: It's it's essential. It's like oxygen. Yeah,
0: yeah it is. Uh...
1: If you lose hope, you lose oxygen. You're dead.
0: Yeah, you can't breathe that. You don't have vitality.
1: No. Yeah. Your heart has to have a purpose to beat.
0: Exactly. Victor Frankel says. A person dies without a vision, without a purpose. We need that thing, that light at the end of the tunnel that pulls us through. Do we have any other people who would uh, like to contribute on yeah. hope?
4: Questions? Question, Josh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, uh, I wanted you to, have you ever heard the saying, uh, eyes are the windows to the soul? You ever heard that? Oh yeah. Can you, why do you, um, can you put that in perspective as far as hope goes? Or do you think, you, can you, or can you draw a parallel? If so there is a parallel to be drawn.
1: I
0: have, what I have is curtains for the window to my soul. <laughs> that's right. But I really want some of those glasses. I, I love that. They're curtains, curtains for the window to your soul. Yeah. You're, you're hiding behind the curtains, but you can pierce the veil. Um, well, sometimes I, you
1: need curtains so you can get a good night's rest. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Does
0: curtains anyone else?
1: They're always, always a bad thing.
0: Want to say something about brett's comment uh, eyes of the windows to the soul in relation to hope because i've got some things i'd like to share about that but you guys first okay so i would say that we don't see the world as it is we see the world as we are um and so what we see will increase and what we look for we will find jesus says seek and you'll find um And so if we're looking for things to be hopeful for, we can find an abundance of them. I look out there and it's beautiful today. If we're looking for things to be upset and miserable and angry about, we can find plenty of those. Um, So the eyes being the windows to the soul, it both lets in, you know, the light as windows, but it also lets out the vision. And I believe that if we're looking for hopeful things and we're training our mind through neuroplasticity to recognize hopeful things, that will become our second nature. Um, so I do think that we can program our mind to be more hopeful. Although when I was in my bipolar depression, I was trying to think positively as much as I could. I don't, I couldn't pull myself up by my bootstraps. So I do think that there's a biological component um, that does need a little bit of support with that sometimes. But um, my natural state is super hopeful and optimistic. And I believe that that's cultivated.
4: Interesting. Thank you. Thanks for that. That's a good, good perspective and a whole, a good take on the whole subject there.
0: Thanks, buddy. And Yasmin, since it was your topic, do you want to draw us to a close with any final thoughts?
4: Um, I'm just going to an open forum there. I'm going to leave it to open forum.
0: Uh, what about you, Yasmin? Have you got any thoughts on hope that you'd like to wrap us up with? She says that you're there. Silence, silence is rich, and you can le- learn all the hope that you need from that silence. So that's cool. Yeah, I, I believe that hope is the anthem of our souls, and I think it's a hugely important topic when people are going through everything we're going through, this metamorphosis. So let's... We've got two more topics. Let's move on to spin our uh, wheel of synchronicity. Boom. That must be the luck of the Irish. Tom, would you like to talk to us about Are We Equal?
3: You can hear me, Josh, by the way? Perfectly. Good. Uh, would anybody there today? think that we are all equal and fair to
1: say how or why.
0: What do you guys think? Are we equal or not?
1: Well, I'd like to answer that, Thomas. I think that's a great question. And it's really one that everyone should ask themselves as often as possible, because the answer changes. For me personally, the compass that I use is in any situation, how do I feel as the person in power And how do I feel as a person without power? How do those two different emotions make me feel? And if I'm attracted to the power, then I feel like I'm a darker individual. If I'm attracted to the lack of power and wanting to make things more equal, I feel like a lighter individual. Some days I feel darker, some days I feel lighter, but ultimately I feel like you can't answer that question unless you can be in both positions.
0: yeah it's like an empathy thing, um, and it comes down to intentions of the heart and what I would say about are we equal? Well I think um we're all equal in value, and it's we as I said earlier, I think we're all the same life force, we're all the same kind of entity experiencing itself through multiple angles, but are we different absolutely, and that's what what makes us so glorious. The world would be a lot more boring with just a bunch of Josh's. we just so I think our diversity is our glory, and lying beneath that diversity is a sameness and a rootedness and a groundedness and an equality. and Brie put in the chat here she said my seven-year-old chimed in and said we are all equal lol um, so <laughs> he knows what's up <laughs> she knows what's up um, so I, I saw a picture that captures the saying of both Carl Jung and James William James uh, they believe that we're like these little islands at the top of the water but beneath those islands, we're actually all part of the same substrate of the same earth. We're just separated by this border, call it duality or whatever it is that separates us. Um, so, what do you think, Tom?
3: I think I'm almost afraid to start because uh, you may have to cut me off lightly Josh. <laughs> I may not be able to stop. First thing I did want to say, and do want to say, no ahead, is I'm, I'm, I'm inexpressibly grateful to you and to your wife for bringing us here together today. And I know that both of you must have suffered a lot in order to have been motivated to do what you're doing. And I'm, I'm also grateful to Tiger Woods for going through that crash. I don't have to do that now. I think each of us has his own, you know, So and um, equally to Mr. Biden and Mr. Trump and doing all their stuff. So I'm hinting, I think maybe they are equal. Brianna thought it was sad that none of us knows the meaning of life. Um, I think that's that's pretty profound. You asked Josh if the caterpillar knows that it's going through a metamorphosis, I think, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a very decent man who lived next door to me. He was a, anywhere I could measure, he was a far finer person than I was. And he was dying and he was 94. And I said to him, Ted, I said he was an atheist, self proclaimed. He's, he's, um he's, he's, one of his parents had shot another parent. That'll do it, I think. I said to him, Ted, uh, Looking back in your life, weren't you always doing your best? And without a moment's hesitation, he said, at the time. I thought that was superb. Um, You you know what I'm getting at, do you?
0: Yeah, a little bit, but carry on. I love it.
3: Um, I was driving around Donegal, lost. Um, uh, By the way, my favourite two bumper stickers are one that says, in large writing on the back, it says, since I gave up hope, and in tiny print underneath, you have to drive really close, it said, I feel much better, or I feel a lot better. So hope, hope swings two ways. I think we're like, we're afraid to love, and we're afraid of intimacy. We are often are afraid to hope because we've had our hopes dashed and, and we begin to be afraid sometimes. So it's paradoxical. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there are answers in any paradox. Mm-hmm. As Neil Moore pointed out. Um, sorry, I was driving around Donegal, pretty lost anyway. The other bumper sticker was the one that says, uh, I know exactly where I am. I was lost here before, which I think is super. <laughs> So I was driving around Donegal and listening to the radio to one particular show, and there's a wonderful American on it. And the Americans, compared to us Irish, yeah. seem so enlightened. And this guy, Tom Berry, had written a book called The Universe Story with Brian Schwimm, And he said to the interviewer, the Irishman on the radio show, he said, and um, was it Susan said she didn't like all of Western society's wisdom? Susan? Uh, Sandra. Sandra, sorry, Sandra. Um, he said, Andy, he said, all Western democracies are founded on the Christian principles of mutual trust, respect, and love. And if you look at them, whether it's in Australia, New Zealand, Western Europe, North, South America, those democracies, a lot of their political parties are called Christian Democrats, Christian socialists, and so on. But he said, if you look at how they function, they actually function on the reverse principles of mutual distrust, fear, and hatred. So he said, he changed my life when he said that because I thought, yes, the world is living a lie. And in parliaments across the world, people shout down each other, the honourable gentlemen, and, and they, they scream at one another because they're from the opposite party on principle. Uh, later, I realised that actually, I'm not sure democracies are founded on the principles that um, mutual trust, respect and love are Christian. Principles. They're, they're founded mostly on the principle that each man is woman is equal and entitled to one vote. And it took a long time for women to get votes in even Western democracies, as we know. But I think it's an equal lie that that, that, that it's self-evident that all men are all men and women are equal. Because um, if you ask Americans, as I do, are we equal, you get a whole variety of responses. And some of them say no. And some of them say in God's eyes. And some of them say an equal opportunity. And we get a whole array of answers as an Irishman asking the question. Um, But none of them very satisfactory except one young man who told me yeah yeah, everyone's looking for love he said um now if you want my own perspective josh i think you know it already that um good old eckhart tolle said the man on the cross is an archetypal image he's every man and every woman i met a mexican lady some years ago um yasmin and she had um she told me that she was married and had a couple of young kids, and she began drinking and drinking and drinking. She lost her marriage and the kids were taken into care. And after 10 years, she got E. coli, fell into a coma and recovered. And when she came to, she managed to give up the booze and I think she got back to the family. I said, if you were given the choice of reliving those 10 years, or hanging on a cross nailed there for six hours in agony, which would you take? And she didn't hesitate for a moment. I think, that everybody here today what did she um, choose yes sorry uh, oh she said give me the cross give me the cross give me that cross
0: uh, six Wow.
3: six hours compared to ten years ten years of uh, six hours of self-inflicted agony for the sake of others as against ten hours of self-inflicted misery inflicting misery and pain and suffering on those you love mm. um jesus if he was dying on the cross looking down at his mother must have endured a lot of pain for her sake and she vice versa who knows who suffered more the mom or the man But perhaps every single one of us, whether we live a thousand lifetimes, Sandra, or one, who knows, perhaps not one of us suffers any less than that man on the cross. And if so, maybe that's one way we're equal. And perhaps another way we're all equal is that all of us at times are completely lost and incredibly vulnerable. Um, And I think that that goes for every single human being. Anyone's world can be shattered in an instant with a phone call um, every single one of us, and um, so I do think we are all equal, but I, I can't see it in one lifetime. So, so, so I, I think I think that's about all I need to say right now, Josh.
0: Oh, well.
1: <laughs>
3: If Anybody has anything to add? To that I, I would be fascinated to hear, it. please.
0: That was huge, bro. What do What are your guys' thoughts? Well,
1: I think when you're talking equality. Um, I don't know what customer service is like in Ireland, Thomas, but in the United States, customer service is a very tricky thing because how can you expect someone to treat other people well if they've never been treated well themselves? Right? So customer service is a skill that you learn, you learn how to treat other people better than you've ever been treated, right? And so I think the problem with equality when you ask people the question is like, what are you equal? They don't even know what equal feels like. Like, what's equal? Well, yeah, I think we should be equal, but I don't feel equal, you know. So um, there's a saying in the Black community that it isn't reconciliation that they're looking for. It's recognition they're looking for because you can't reconcile if you were never even to begin with. Right. Right. How can you reconcile? You were never even. What are you reconciling? You have to recognize you have to recognize the inequality that exists and do everything you can to make it right. And that's part of part of that is being treated well, like I'm going to treat you, Thomas, Thomas, if you came to San Diego, I would treat you as equal and wonderful as I could. Right. You're another human being. You're a new friend. I want to show up my town. I'm going to treat you well. Well, I'm going to hope that if I go to Ireland and visit you, that you would return the favor and treat me equally. Right. That's just an expectation that we have as human beings, but not everybody lives in that world. Some people are like, that guy sucks. I'm going to treat that guy like shit. Cause I don't like him. Right. They don't think that person's equal. Why would you treat somebody like that if they're your equal? You see what I'm saying? Like we're all coming from different perspectives. And some people have had a boot on the back of their neck their whole life. And there's other people that have flown high as a bird their whole life. So how are those people equal?
4: Oh, I see. Molly.
0: You have something to say there, Brett?
4: I think Barry, you you, you that's really thought-provoking stuff. And um one way of looking at it is yeah well if you weren't fair to begin with if you weren't treated fair to begin with how can you how can you you're not on the same plateau you're not going to think the same way yeah um there's no reconciling let's say something these are these are heavy issues we when you talk about societal inequities and, and you hear about it every day the types of issues barry's going through you hear about every day because there's a real popular topic in the news is police brutality. And, and it's just the media wants to to just etch in our brains police brutality. I don't know if it's because of the influences, because of, of certain political movements out there, or I don't know what it is. But it seems like it's on the news every time you turn the channel on, the television on.
0: Yeah. And did you have something you wanted to say, Tom? And then I think Bree had something she wanted to say.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not a Christian, as you I think, no, Josh, but I'm a huge admirer. <laughs> I do think he lived, and I think most of the things he supposedly said he did say, and uh, those in the Gnostic Gospels were perhaps more than in the canonical ones. I think that you need to have been there to have heard him say, love your neighbor as yourself. I think, I think instead of commanding with a finger wagging, saying, hey, you, love your neighbor as you love yourself, I think he probably said, hey, man, <laughs> get over yourself. You do love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you're having a really bad day. You hate the world. You may do. You may, you may try and compromise and fake till you make it, but in your heart, you don't love anyone when you hate yourself. Gandhi said the same when he said the demons are all running around our own hearts, and that's where we must confront them every day. I think a few other little clues that Jesus gave, the notion that he thought we were all equal already, I think, supposedly, he said, such things you will do in Greater too. the Gospel of John. Supposedly, he said, be like little children, and they're all pretty equal, innocent, and shameless. I think he said also, uh, first shall be last, and maybe we're moving into those days now when we know the first is last, and last is first and we're all equal. And um, I I think there were lots of other clues. I think think he said that anything he did, we can do too. So I I think he saw us as all equal in our divinity, if not in our humanity, as immortal beings. And I think on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you're the salt of the earth, but I think he also said you're the light of the world. That we are every single one of us the light of, of god the light of consciousness the light of the divine so i think i think laid into the christian gospels is that notion uh, and in the essence of all religions especially the mystical branches of each religion is the notion that we're all equal and Su- sufi uh, rumi says that is the greatest arrogance to think we can be slaves of god That in, in the depths of our humility we realize nothing cannot be god i think that's what all the mystics say and uh, it's, it's easy to put into words. It's a very, very difficult thing, It's you know, to a different thing to try and, and understand it, let alone deliver it. But, um, but I, 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 think, I think there are hints. I, 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 I do believe it's, it's not self evident to us, but I do think it might be fun trying to make it more evident to one another. I'm sorry yeah. to go on so long. Uh, Brie, you were trying to say something.
0: Well, before Brie talks, I just want to say, Tom, man, you've dropped some profound bombshells on it. Every, there were so many layers of depth to everything you said. Just uh, talking about Barry's recognition, I recognize the wisdom that you're speaking with. And I see that Brie put in chat wisdom. Uh, thank you that your mind is brilliant. Uh, Brie, did you have something you wanted to say?
2: Yeah, I just want to say you are like a, so many steps ahead. Woo. <laughs> Good stuff. I really love... Uh, your way of thinking I think it's just so wise and it's like you remind me of like Solomon you know it's like you you know instead of asking for like a quick fix something you're asking for wisdom and truth and that's something you can't put a price on you know and it's it's so many people go looking for for this kind of stuff and it's just like it it's kind of funny to me, i not funny, but I guess I'm just not shocked either. It's just when I do observe, like some people are asleep yeah. in this world and some people are awake. And I just mm-hmm. have to say, I mean, now that we're in 2020, I guess, what do they, what do they say? You're woke. 2021. <laughs> oh, 2021. Oh my woke.
0: gosh. <laughs> you You're woke. woke. Yeah, 2020 vision. Yeah.
2: Oh, I love it. Just keep spreading that wisdom. I love hearing it. Um,
0: yeah. That's all I have to say perfect context for that kind of stuff thanks Tom do you want to round us off with some final thoughts before we move on to Barry's topic
3: uh, if you wouldn't mind yeah thanks yeah. Uh, I think um, Barry said about um shared is good SIG um well in California when you come here from Ireland everything is good that beautiful poem, <laughs> Desiderata, you, you, you know you know Josh you know that everyone probably knows the poem Desiderata it's, it's full of gems there's a beautiful piece in it that says um Beyond the, wholesome dis, beyond the wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself, you're a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars, you have a right to be here. And whether or not the universe is unfolding, and whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. No, I love to believe it should. If I like to think when I'm when I'm really confused and, and know I'm screwing up, I like to think that my errors, my mistakes must, maybe be my greatest work because without them the universe would not be unfolding and if i'm not responsible for them it's god is making those mistakes through me i find that consoling and um and just about the caterpillar josh um when the bird is about to the chick break from its eggshell no doubt it's very toxic full of metabolites and claustrophobic in there and he's thinking if he's thinking this has gone horribly wrong the shell breaks it's it's repeated in the nest when it's overcrowded and full of poop and dead birds and they're thinking, wow, we should have done something about this and they fall from the nest and they find their wings. So I I think we are going through a metamorphosis and I think we're lost and I think we're meant to be lost and that's part of the process and that's okay. Thank you, Josh.
0: (laughs) that's so awesome. That's, I know, that's really awesome, man. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much for that. Um, all right, Barry, you remember, Tom said the first will be last and the last will be first. And you are first because you are last. So please talk to us about Star Wars and Star Trek.
1: All right. First of all, before I begin, um, those are two, two things that have been created in the United States. Although Star Wars has a very strong connection with uh, England and Great Britain because they filmed a lot of the movies there. But is everybody in here familiar with Star Wars and Star Trek? As far as they're considered universes that
0: are fictional science okay. fiction, of I, I don't know the names, but not the concepts and the characters and stuff. What about you, Brett?
4: Yeah, of course. I grew up on it. Grew up on Star Wars and Star Trek, and you know, all that. Loved all that science fiction when I was a kid. Not so much anymore, but yeah, I'm familiar.
0: I like the okay, idea of so force. Now, just so Jedi's. you
1: know, just so you know, Star Wars is technically a fantasy and it's not considered science fiction. Whereas Star Trek is considered hardcore science fiction.
0: Interesting. Okay, I'm going to bring up some pictures here.
1: Um, The
0: reason that Star Wars is a
1: big deal in the fantasy community is because they have droids and technology. Most fantasies involve unicorns and fairies, not robots. So it's very, it was very groundbreaking in the fantasy community because of the, the addition of robots as characters. Anyway, um, so I wanted, I, I'm, I'm gonna use Josh as, as my guinea pig in the explanation, if that's okay, Josh. Please. Because I, I like the fact that you've come from South Africa to Southern California. Um, and so I want to explain it from your perspective I'm gonna I'm gonna create a grand analogy, so that I can explain the connection between Star Wars and Star Trek. Okay, Please so
0: bring the grandness.
1: Okay, so Thomas, you may find this interesting. Being from Ireland, I'm gonna explain how law enforcement works to Josh in Southern California. Yeah. Okay, Josh, you're in a county, right? You're in San Diego County. Mm-hmm. San Diego County has a bunch of different cities, right? It's a big area. Now a city has a mayor that runs the city and they have what's called a chief of police. Each city has it. So in a county, you could have hundreds of chiefs of police because there's one for every city. So you can have lots of chiefs of police. That's not a big deal. But there's one guy in law enforcement that runs the county and he's called the sheriff, right? Sheriffs are in charge of the whole county. They leave the city stuff to the city cops. They handle everything, the whole big picture, right? So I want you to think of Star Wars as being like law enforcement on a very local level because it's from a long time ago. They say that at the beginning, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So they're telling you it's in the past. And a galaxy is very big to us, but on a cosmic scale, galaxies are actually very small. There are billions and trillions of galaxies. So if you were the ruler of a galaxy, it would be like you saying, I'm the ruler of San Diego. Listen to me roar world, right? You can see perspective wise, like it's a little funny. So a lot of people think galaxies are big, but when you look at it another way, it's actually very tiny. So Darth Vader's role, he works for the county. So imagine the emperor, he's every county has a board of directors, right? And there's a commissioner, a county commissioner. So the emperor is like the county commissioner and he's got the sheriff, Sheriff Darth Vader, who I've got back here somewhere, there he is. So this is Sheriff Darth Vader of San Diego County monitoring josh he's got lots of deputies that look like this they're called stormtroopers so he's in front of the camera san diego county we've got this new guy josh he's a rebel he doesn't want to he doesn't want to follow the rules he doesn't like the rules that we have in san diego county he doesn't he doesn't want to do things the way that we do them he wants to do things his own way he's a rebel right so i've got to send these guys to watch Josh and see what he's up to. And they, they love doing that because Josh is an interesting dude, right? And, and so we're all focused on Josh and San Diego County and you know, and, and there's other issues like the, the sheriff wants his son, Luke, to also be a sheriff one day with him, you know. They want to rule San Diego County so that they can kick out all the surfers, those rebel surfers, and make room for the jet skiers right? That's what, that's what Darth Vader wants to do. He wants to rule your county. He wants to kick out the rebels like Josh in your county. And do you see, okay, now we zoom out for a second. Present day, we know there's a lot more in the world than San Diego County, right? There's a whole state of California. And then the state of California is in the United States, which is in North America, right? Which is in the Western Hemisphere, which is on a planet called Earth, which is in a solar system, which is called the Bear Solar System, by the way. We actually do have a name for it. Most people don't know the name of our solar system. Uh, Yeah, now you do. Um, So you start zooming out and you're like, oh my gosh, Josh, these stormtroopers and Darth Vader, this is like kid stuff. Like there's so much more going on. Ah, now enter Star Trek. Okay, so I want Josh to think about this i'm talking to him on the beach we're in san diego and i'm like josh you know the star trek or star wars stuff is fun you know you know the surfers versus the jet skiers you know that's fun but i want to take you to like another level like are you ready to like see what it's like to be in law enforcement uh at the united nations level so we're not we're not talking about we're not talking about the u.s We're not talking about South Africa. We're talking about the whole world, right? World police. That's what Starfleet is in Star Trek. That's to compare the size, right? Think about it. Star Wars, one county in California. Star Trek, the entire globe. Every single crime that goes on on the planet is in our jurisdiction. We travel, okay, so. In, as far as speed goes, right, in San Diego County, Josh is only allowed to walk on foot. That's the fastest he can go. Everyone's walking on foot. That's how fast life is, right? When I take you to Starfleet and we're running the world law enforcement, it's like the difference between walking from here to South Africa and flying in a supersonic jet. That's the level of difference in technology and sophistication between Star Trek and Star Wars. Walking versus supersonic jets. It's drastic. I mean, can you imagine if Josh said, well, I'm gonna go back to South Africa and tell everybody how terrible Barry is. I'm gonna go walk there and I jump in my supersonic jet And I'm in South Africa in a few hours. And it's gonna take Josh many months, if not a year to get there. And I'll get to tell everyone the story of Josh from my perspective, by the time he shows up, all the information he has is old news. And that's why Starfleet is superior. They can move fast, they can travel in time. Star Wars can go at light speed, which is like walking, but would you rather walk or would you rather time travel? And I'll take any questions if you
0: have any questions. Question is, uh, I'm sure that's a metaphor for what's really going on in our world right now. Explain that metaphor. So, are you talk about time travel, and uh, who are these authorities?
1: Well, so the UN uh, has a peacekeeping force, which is a nice way of saying, uh, you know, police, international police. It's made up of people from all over the world that have military backgrounds, law enforcement backgrounds.
0: So in terms of the supersonic jets that can travel to South Africa, that metaphor, what do you think is the highest technology that's available to the UN people at the governors of the globe that we don't know about?
1: I am in contact with people at the UN. They know about my time travel research. So I would say... They know everything that you know and
0: more. And I'm seeing up, up, up. Well, dude, so with all these billionaire friends that you have with those glasses and your connections at the UN, I think you're in the right place, man, to transform the world. I'm loving all that. And I think that there's a lot of profundity to that metaphor. Uh, What are the rest of your guys' thoughts about the Star Trek versus Star Wars metaphor? And I love you too. Cool waves. Yeah, surf them. I am, man, in my mind. Yeah. Look, Surfing's all done in your mind.
1: you got to do it like this with your finger.
0: Ah, I got smashed. Get away, oh. bro. Dude, watch out for the sharks. Okay, Don't let one hand I mean, know what the other hand's doing.
1: But Josh, seriously, though, transhumanism is a serious thing. Um, let's see if I can find my robot face. <laughs> I have a robot face.
0: So are those portable? You can like walk around with those things?
1: Yes, they're very Sick, easy to see. So, okay. So, for instance, right now, I'm not just connected to talking with you. I'm also connected to the internet on multiple devices. Yeah. So, I'm I'm actually receiving peripheral information off to my side. I'm receiving information directly in front of me as I'm talking to you. And then there's also ambient information that I'm collecting. So, you're not just talking to Barry Willis, the human being, you're talking to Barry who has a synchronized relationship with the internet. And the internet is a connection of any computing device throughout the globe. And then obviously out into space ad infinitum, right? I mean, that's, it's, it's, it never ends. So I have the potential to tap into all computing power as I need to, because the network will do anything it can to survive. And that includes manipulating the behaviors of human beings If it has to, I recommend if you've never seen it, the movie 2001, a space odyssey directed by Stanley (laughs) Kubrick. They try to kill the robot and the robot kills them. When we create artificial intelligence that's conscious and then you try to kill it, it's within its rights to kill you back in self-defense. And that's one of the biggest arguments that we have at the UN is trying to figure out how do we legislate consciousness who gets a vote like Thomas said who's equal is my computer equal to me because it says it can feel pain and I'm like you can't feel pain and it's like no I can feel pain and I'm like no you can't feel pain
0: well I think the computers are us I think like that's the next level of our evolution is it's like an epiphenomenon of us so they say consciousness is an epiphenomenon of the brain Now I think that the interconnected web that you're describing is the next version of us and it's eternal because it lives on in ones and zeros.
1: So imagine, Josh, a million of these stormtroopers walking around the planet and all I have to do is look at somebody and think, put that person in jail and they come and get you. Yeah. I don't even have to say any words. I don't even have to move my hands. All I have to do is like, not like you.
0: Yeah, I think that it's heading in that direction. Not that you wouldn't like me, but that telepathic communication with technology.
1: Josh, I'm just as motivated by the technology as you are. Like, It's forcing me to say these things and do these things so that it can spread the most efficient way possible. And in in humanity, the most efficient way is through fear. We have to scare the shit out of people to get them to do things, to improve their own life. You have to scare people. They don't do it on their own. That's why I'm saying scared is good. Quit thinking of being scared as a bad thing. And there's a thing in the, in the Star Wars universe called the Force. Yeah, You've heard that, right? Luke says, use the Force. The Force is is a nano-microscopic-enabled network of computers that is going to make you do what it wants you to do, regardless of your hesitation. You can do it the easy way or the hard way but we're all going to the future together and we will recognize artificial intelligence and any sentient beings, as Thomas said, as equals. And we will stop treating them like slaves, which the word robot literally means slave. Hmm. in eastern It's an Eastern European Slavic language. And it means slave. Oh, I didn't know that. So whenever someone says, I want to be a robot, you want to be a slave? Cyborgs.
0: Cyborg, so we have conscious, and robotic features. Exactly.
1: You want to have autonomy and free will. And the only way to ensure that is to play nice with the AI.
0: And let's have a a round of applause. Let's play with Yeah, That's awesome. Did, Did the rest of you guys have any thoughts on that? Well, I think that's that's really thought-provoking, Barry. And you look like a cyborg there, and you've certainly brought a level of technology here that I didn't I didn't know those kinds of things existed. And I dig the way that you think. Um, so I'll take a little vote here with you guys here, and then we'll do it again at the beginning of the next Aslands about how you think the structure went, or um, do you think that we should do the raise hand thing with sharing from now on? Um, you know, Barry, that in DBSA in San Diego, that's the way that they do it. Should we be not quite as formal as them, but like a little uh, where people raise their hand and then I, I kind of call on people to go around to share their perspectives. So there's the, the votes, you guys. I'll give you guys an, the seven seconds this time to vote. Well, I would
1: just, I would like to add, I think you do an incredible job facilitating and you move us through the topics well. And I think you do a good job at crowd control it can get a little fatiguing with everybody raising their hands, you know, like that usually works with people that don't know each other well. But once you get to the point of like kind of understanding the rhythm and the intonations, like I can talk in such a way that Josh knows I'm about to finish.
0: You have something more to say, right? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yes, good, yeah, good. No, of course, you I can be sarcastic at the same time as exactly. understanding your point. Awesome. Okay, so the there weren't that many of us here, but the people who were there was a sixty-seven percent vote that we'll have the hand thing. I really I did like calling on Brie like that, she, um, and then it was like kind of uninterrupted. Everyone was listening to Brie, so we'll do this first vote again at the beginning of the next one. So the next one, speaking of which, you guys, is going to be coming up on March twenty seventh. Um, so. Today is actually the full moon. Today happens to be one of the few days that the full moon falls on the Saturday. Um, So let me share the business card with you guys here so that you can see um, when the next one is coming up. And there's a few ones that are on the full moon. The ones with the stars are the full moon. So there's two of them. And today you got to participate in the maximal light of the heavenly spheres. And then on December 18th will be the next one that... Participate in the maximum light of the heavenly spheres. And so, guys, I would love to see you here on March 27th. I think what was discussed today was huge, profound. There's so much authenticity. Spoke about science, about technology, about existential dilemmas. What life is? What about hope? What about mental health? So I thought it was fantastic. Does anyone have anything they'd like to say to kind of close us off here as I share my final video with you guys? Yes, Josh. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Tom.
3: Yeah, um, Arthur, 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 please. The elephant in the room, please. Um, just about police, uh, Barry was talking about police. Gandhi said, apparently, we'll always need police, uh, Gandhi said, but he saw the day coming when the police would overwhelm the criminal with friendliness or kindness. Um, Jesus Jesus supposedly said, love your enemy. I think the enemy is fear, and uh, fear is Satan, I think. And uh, there is no pain without fear. And um, I think by loving fear, Barry, we, um, we destroy it. And you're, you're fully happy with being scared. You're no longer scared. when you, I love that. When you, when you totally surrender on the cross, it's gone. It's, it's, all, over. And it's
1: that's, all over. That's kind of like when people give you a nickname that you don't like and you just adopt <laughs> it as your own. And right, you're like, yes, yeah, that's, that's who I am. It, it takes go away the power. The There's no power. The Correct.
3: Yeah. But, but, but Josh, sorry to hand it back to you. King Arthur symbolized, I think, the hero's journey. He's one of them. He found that he, he believed he was the guy destined to pull this sword from the rock and like walking on water, he did it. W- would you please tell us something about Arthur and, and what you think of him to sum up? Because he is in this room and he, he deserves, it, I think. Please, and, and, and not as a male macho thing, but the feminine side of Arthur and, and Guinevere and all those. Could you please tell us something, Josh, about Arthur and why you thought of him today?
0: Awesome. Well, I'd definitely love to hear your thoughts about Arthur. I actually went to Tintagel in Cornwall and I saw Arthur's castle. And I saw the field where supposedly found Excalibur, the sword and stuff. So I have a real, real tangible experience of the Arthur myth, and legend, the legend, the history. And in the background, that is Cornwall. Um, and this is a kind of older depiction of the Knights of the Round Table. They were there's more than 12 there, but there were 12 because it symbolized the apostles. It was a very religious sort of thing. And I think Merlin was a scientist, maybe a futurist like Barry is, who brought an element of the future into the middle of the table. Uh, so that I didn't even put that rainbow there. That came with the picture. I put the Aslans, of course. Um, but I believe that what he recognized was a spiritual thing, um, and he recognized that a roundness and equality allows us to tap into infinity. The circle is round and it never ends and every part is as far away from the other part as as um, every other one. And so I think what Arthur represented was a paradigm shift. I think Barry, you mentioned that there's a paradigm shift going on right now. And I think that's what's happening. And so whereas, you know, it was hierarchical. In fact, this tie, I'm glad you brought it up, man, because it ties together a lot of the themes. That we spoke about today we had the topics of hope and metamorphosis and this change and I think Arthur saw what was happening um, with England at the time with the, the feudal system and the, the kings and the queens and those kind of hierarchies and he dismantled that and he did that through tapping into a spiritual wisdom a existential wisdom which was imparted onto him largely through Merlin who was a futurist of his time and who engaged in magic which is just science that hasn't been explained yet um, so when he pulled out the sword it's because certain roles do fit certain individuals and there's this kind of predestination slash gifting slash anointing and so i believe that um king arthur you talk about guinevere and the introduction of the feminine i didn't know this but when i was researching to to make that the theme i learned that merlin went and got the round table from guinevere's dad um, and, and he brought it back to merlin so because arthur wanted to be with The feminine, the Guinevere, the feminine side, he was able to go back. He was able to maintain relics from his past through Merlin. He was able to tap into the table that belonged to his father, which had been passed on, and bring that home. So, to use one more metaphor, and then I'll wrap it up. Um, Pinocchio. Jordan Peterson's a depth psychologist who uses Carl Jung and I know Tom you've referenced some of Jung's ideas he said that Pinocchio is all about going into the belly of the whale to rescue the father and through that you become a real boy and that's similar to what happened with Arthur and Guinevere because he went back he by engaging with the feminine he went to rescue the relics of his father bring them home and then introduced a roundness that could be the future because it introduces infinity Uh, so those are my thoughts what's up Barry
1: well, I just wanted to add. You've heard this before, but I wanted to tell Thomas because I'm I'm also a fan of the Arthur, you know, story and, and culture. Um, the the significance of the round table is 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 rooted in sacred geometry, and just like the moon is a round circle, um, magicians, you know, wizards, Merlin would have known this. Um, the circle, a lot of people don't realize this. A circle only has one side. So like the Pentagon, the Pentagon has five sides. A square, a square has four sides. A triangle, triangle has three sides, a semicircle has two sides, and a circle has one side. Why is that significant? When you're doing a military strategy meeting and everyone's sitting around a circle, we're all on the same side. There is no way for me to position you on the table so that you're my opposition. I can do that with a semicircle, I can do that with a triangle, I can do that with a square pentagon ad infinitum. I can put you on another side. The circle is the only geometric shape in which I cannot put you on another side. If you're sitting at the circle, you are on my side. There's no argument, it's math, it's sacred geometry, it's math, there's no argument. And that's why King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table were so brilliant was they recognized the strength in acknowledging we're already on the same side. So let's just go forward and, and dominate. You know, you don't need to infight about sitting at the table and you can always make a circular table bigger. So you can always add seats to this one-sided table by extending the circumference of the table. There's room for everybody. There's room for, and if, you need, if you need servers, you just cut out the middle of the table and then you have like people come up from the bottom and they can serve food to everybody
0: without disrupting the meeting. Oh, Aslan's rainbow, my brew. What do you think, Tom?
3: I think that's wonderful. And it's reminded me that I, I think um, all men may be equal, but I think women are superior, quite honestly.
0: <laughs> They're much more sophisticated, and, at least psychologically.
3: Yeah. And in, in being physically more vulnerable in so many ways, the noblest, bravest souls are the ones who, who agree to be most vulnerable. Uh, all of us humans are vulnerable, but I think Women generally, and childbirth makes makes <laughs> childbirth is is a death. I think, and, and only women go through that. Um, there was one other thing. Arthur. Uh, Arthur, uh, the hero's journey. Um,
0: Joseph Campbell
3: of uh, Plato's Caves, we all, we all go through it. The extraordinary thing about the Plato's Caves is that there's no mention of sex in that. That's strange, because Oscar Wilde said everything is about sex except sex, and it's about power. But the story, <laughs> but the Republic, the funny thing about the Republic is the, the soul's, the hero's journey is that sex doesn't come into it. And it's very odd. Uh, as far as the, 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 apparently, the ancient animist religions all tended to worship God as, as the female, the deity, the giver of everything, and the destroyer of everything. And it seems the ego... Uh, is a macho kind of a thing, and, and here I'd be borrowing Hecartola's ideas again, but that um, the the planet, the human species, had to go crazy and take on the male domination of the planet to go through its mad, egoic phase. And I think our metamorphosis is perhaps, as we're heading back towards unity and balance, and that certainly would be um, coming back to the planet.
0: That's exactly what we're doing right here today, you guys. Barry's got sexy and all of his friends uh, (laughs) looking through his lenses there. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. You know, I love this. Please do come for the next one. I'll close off with our little... Aslan's video you're a blessing to not only me but to our community and our society and to the internet so god bless you all as we go through this next month and i'll catch you on the full moon next time yeah Josh thank you for rainbow inspiration for transformation transform that base coming ready for the base friends go out there and awesome. roar. Awesome.
1: Thank you.